You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Usually, you could follow us on Twitter and ask us some questions if we were smart enough to promote it throughout the week, but we didn't do that this week. We didn't ask you to send in your questions nearly as much. We got a couple. We've had some leftovers in the past, but we've got a few things to talk about with Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Nada, we've kind of been contemplating about maybe even moving this to a Tuesday or a Thursday yeah. because Michelob Ultra has their sponsor on Wednesdays. And so perhaps we could maybe think about moving this to a different day. But in reality, we just didn't have any questions as much because we didn't put it out there on Twitter. And I forgot to ask really for it yesterday. So yeah, yeah, this is what happens every once in a while when things slip your no, mind. No, this is like literally there are exigent circumstances to us not really asking questions. One, there was a Knicks game. Two, more importantly at this point, there was the Chauvin trial. And then three, Red Man versus Method Man was on the verses last night, too. So I wasn't really about to ask any questions. So, Oh, man. That, that was yeah. awesome last night. And if you got to see it, you got to see it. But, I, again, knowing you, Walker, you probably miss a decent portion of it. And I feel sorry for you. Oh, I feel sorry for myself, too, because I actually, I actually just went through the Red Man catalog a few days ago. <laughs> Because it was Redman's birthday. I think it was like yeah. Friday mm -hmm. when it was Redman's birthday. Maybe it was the weekend, but I was going to honor Redman. And so I played what I do at Sports Center CLT, right? Like it's a beat of the day. I honor our artists that have the an album that they released, the anniversary of, or a birthday, or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was Redman's birthday, and so I honored him. And those beats are just awesome. And so I put in quite a bit of Red Man music into the show. Man, it was like maybe two segments worth of instrumentals that I was playing over it. So I actually went back through the catalog. And I, Method Man's like one of my top five human beings of all time. Dude, one look. of my favorites. I, I so yeah, I'm mad at myself that I missed. Yeah, it. you should have. Like the fun. The only thing I really didn't miss was the amount of thirst over like the female thirst that I saw. Over Redman, <laughs> over Method Man for that entire show. I was going to say, it was it had to be over Meth, yeah, right? No, exactly. There's not much thirst over Redman, is oh, there? No, there? There might be a there, little. There, there was, too. There was a little bit of that, too, on my okay. timeline, unfortunately. But it happened. It happened. That's all I'm going to say. Like, um, I had to go back and look at the Cribs episode. I watched it <laughs> yesterday. It, because of everybody talking about Redman on Twitter, I went back and I watched it. And I, I actually went back into the Cribs archives like a couple of weeks ago and shame on myself for not going back to Red Man. I went to Shaq's Cribs episode because I wanted to see how big his bed was. Oh, and I actually put out a couple of friends of mine were with me when we were watching it. And so we took out the tape measure to try to figure out truly how big Shaq's bed was. And I still can't believe it. It's like 30 feet wide. 
in the bed that he showed in that Cribs episode. And I couldn't even fit it all the way throughout an open floor plan living room and kitchen in the house that I was staying at the time. And I, I just can't believe it. You put Shaq on the bed, though, and he looks really tiny. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't get it. So I went back there. And then yesterday I watched Red Man's episode and it was unbelievable. <laughs> Like, how are we supposed to transition to the Michelob player, Michelob Ultra Player of the Week from that? Like, literally. Should we just give it to Red Man and Method Man? Are they the Ultra Players of the Week? No, I think we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to give it to either Miles Bridges or PJ Washington. It's up to us, though. Okay, we're gonna have to discuss. All right, this. well, let's. All right, let's try to decipher it. So yes, we have we are uh, going to give out the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week as we do on every Wednesday. Locked On has partnered with Michelob Ultra to create a custom segment across the NBA titled. Hey, you guessed it, Ultra Player of the Week. Each week, hosts will identify one player from their team that made the big play, got you on your feet, cheering for your team, ultimately sparking one of the three key emotions, joy, happiness, or enjoyment. Since Michelob Ultra evokes joy, because enjoyment isn't the end of the game, it's the whole game, and also Michelob Ultra contains 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So let me ask you this. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Let's try to figure out who the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is. I don't have a definitive answer after really? we look at these next three guys, Nada. I know you kind of settled on one, and I'm probably going to settle on the same one, but it's really a three-way battle between Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, and P.J. Washington. And P.J. Washington made a late charge in the last two games. He has scored 23 and 26. He's shooting really well from the field and three-point land. He had four blocks and eight rebounds in the game against Portland. Really didn't tally a whole lot of other things in the box score against New York. He was just flames in the first quarter and first half. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, they made a defensive effort to try to take that away from him because he was so hot. But... Um, that was it for PJ. Like those are the only two games that we can evaluate because he returned after a week long absence against Portland. So if you only get two games, despite those two games being very good, maybe PJ doesn't get it. Then you go to Terry and miles where Terry continues to score over 20 points. He got 34 against Portland himself in that win. He's been shooting well from the field. He's been shooting well from three again. He's actually getting a lot of rebounds and a lot of assists. Like this is a guy that's been messing with the triple double every single night. And then you go to miles who just overall has stepped up his level of play in the absence of a lot of guys due to injury. Um, you know, maybe the efficiency took a hit last night. Like it wasn't the greatest shooting game, but he added 14 rebounds. And then if you look in the second half, it was really only miles for a little bit that you could depend on a, a team that scored 31 points in the second half. It was miles that provided a couple of really tough shots and you see some step backs from him. So I, I'm going to go with Terry, not a, like it's oh, wow. been actually, it's been kind of a while wow. since we've given it back to Terry, even defensively, he's been not great. Um, wow. man, and maybe that's why you give it to miles. That's exactly but why Terry, you give it he's to been, miles. That's exactly. But he's been adding so much, but, but listen to this stat line though. Like the, the, the low, uh, the lowest amount of assists that Terry's gotten in the last four games that we're evaluating is eight. Fair. The lowest amount of rebounds that he's gotten in the last four games is six. Fair. The lowest amount of points that he's gotten is 21. And that was last night. And the worst he shot from the field is 45%. The worst he shot from three was the two of nine performance against Brooklyn. Just, just the numbers are so good offensively, even if defensively, He's a lot worse than Miles in those four games. Yeah, that that's fine. Like I'm gonna go Terry Nada because of the offensive performance. But if you want to go Miles, that's cool. Yeah, like, I can't help it. Like 
normally I am the guy that normally values the consistency. I am going to go completely opposite because the highs have been just that high. How many? Well, and to be fair, Miles has provided consistency. Yes, for he you. has provided consistency. He's scoring almost twenty points as a starter since this since Gordon Hayward got hurt. So at this point, I really, really, really just I appreciate what he's doing. He's giving you the dunks. He's giving you the posters. He's giving you the defense. The only thing he's not doing is he's just not scoring in bunches to the point to the point of Terry Rozier. But everything else that he's doing, he's doing better right now. In, than Terry Rozier, so I have to give it to Terry Rozier, uh, not Terry Rozier, to Miles Bridges. I'm going to give it to Miles, and I'm going to feel okay with it. Maybe next week I'll give it back to Terry, but we'll see. Um, I have no problem with that. I have zero problem with you giving it to Miles Bridges for the way that he's performed. It would be the second week, I believe, that he's gotten in, and I think it's the third week he's finished in the top two for both of us. P.J. Washington, if he adds maybe one more game, with that kind of performance going over 20 points, hitting well from the field and especially defensively for him doing his part, maybe PJ could have snuck in there, uh, sneaked in there, I'll say, and then uh, could have won it, but he doesn't. It's miles bridges. It's Terry Rogier. Those are our Michelob ultra players of the week and sensitive Oaks joy because enjoyment isn't the end of the game. It's the whole game. Also Michelob ultra contains 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. So let me ask you this. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Michelob ultra congrats to miles and Terry for winning the ultra player of the week. We've got a couple more segments to go. We're going to recap the game a little bit more in detail coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place, not a funk master flex. Shout out so, to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. You can catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. You can follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news, and you can stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. It's a big time for the Locked On Podcast Network. I believe we're single digits days away now from the NFL draft taking place. I believe it's nine days away to see who Carolina is going to take at eight. Adam Schefter reported yesterday. Panthers are fielding calls to maybe trade back. So we'll see what Carolina does. They're in an interesting position with that eighth overall selection. Um, want to discuss Built Bar 2 real quickly while we're at it. Built Bar is awesome. You guys know the deal. And right now, Built Bar is offering the Built Bar Madness winner this month, Coconut Brownie Chunk. You guys have heard us rave about this energy bar. Please go get it. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use that promo code locked 15 and go check out coconut brownie chunk. If you want to, if you want to give some love to the other teams that participated, that's fine. Peanut butter, German chocolate, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake. That's all very good. They're covered in hundred percent chocolate. They're great for the health conscious person. So you can go check that out, but I'm telling you, you need to at least buy one box of the coconut brownie chunk. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 
15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's look at this game last let's. night. Nada. It was, I was feeling good after the first half. I think most <laughs> Hornets fans were. Yeah, you should. Like it was an entertaining game. It was the Hornets having this big offensive output. They scored 66 points, 33 in each quarter. So it's not like one quarter was a lot better offensively than the other one. You got to see 33 in each of them. And you thought, all right, here we go. We're well on our way to 100. And with the injured Hornets teams that we've been seeing the last few weeks, if you get to 100, you got a shot. Well, it was the Knicks that really separated themselves in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett scored 18 points of his 24 total in the third And the Knicks really, R.J. Barrett even hit a clutch three in the fourth to kind of stop any momentum that the Hornets had when they were trying to come back themselves. It was P.J. that went flames in the first, uh, hit five three-pointers in the first quarter, I think had six total in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then P.J. uh, was clearly the guy that the Hornets were leaning on with Terry helping a little bit with his 21 points. Miles tried a little bit later in the game, but that was it. Offensively, nada. They just couldn't create anymore in the second half. 16 and 15 scored in the third and the fourth. At this point, it's just like like at this point, they just don't have the horses. They don't have the bodies. And I never and I put it on Twitter. I never thought I'd see the day when the Hornets don't have the horses to keep up with a Knicks team with the Knicks yeah. <laughs> just the Knicks in general like, literally just the Knicks like the Knicks have more horses than you and granted a lot of that's due to injury but at the same time this team is not supposed to be that much better than you were they're executing that much better and quite honestly that's a that's a testament to the coaching job of Tom Thibodeau is it sustainable long term no but for this season in a weird season that it is it's working for right now. And granted, no one's really won the season series yet because there's a late a second to last game of this year is against the Knicks. Now, granted, they have not named a date or a time, but I'm expecting that to be a national game as well. But I really do feel like this was a game that I thought they could win. I thought it was necessary to at least be competitive in. To to basically have some sort of say in who's going to get one of those playoff seeds and not get to the plan, and at this point now, I want to say I I changed my expectations just a little bit. My expectations have now gone to the point where I just want to get seven or eight, so you get two shots. So at worst, you get two shots at getting a playoff seed, playoff uh, getting getting in the playoffs. And then 9 or 10 is where you don't want to be because you're going to have to win twice, no matter what. So just make sure that you're going to be in that position to where you can be one of those one of those teams that plays like 7 or 8, get, gets two shots at the apple before making the playoffs this year. That's where I think we're going to have to be at now. Yeah, they got Chicago tomorrow. You know, Chicago has not improved a ton ever since they traded for Vucevic. So it's still a team, along with the Raptors, Nada, that they're behind the Hornets, and and we think they're too far behind in order to catch Charlotte to then make the play-in tournament and kick the Hornets out of any kind of postseason altogether. So we'll see what happens against Chicago. Um, everybody struggled with Zach Levine. I was going to say the Hornets did, and we can go back to that infamous game, the game we shall not speak of, but everybody struggled yes. with Zach Levine this year. The dude was a legit all-star and just, is he back yet though? Cause I think he's, st- I thought he was still out due to health and safety protocols. 
Are they going to dodge another star? I know they did against Portland with Damian Lillard being out, so they just might do it again. That's right. So, okay, we'll see exactly how it goes down. Uh, yeah, Zach Levine expected to miss several games after entering the league's health and safety protocol, as you mentioned. This came out on April 15th, so we're about a week out. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't, think, right. I don't think we'll see him. And, and just in case, because I know he's listening – Rick, I am not going to say this is a no excuses game because I know you're listening and I know you're going to you're going to troll me about it on Twitter. And I've told you I've retired that phrase. I'm off that narcotic. I am not going to say no excuses with this team in this season because it's entirely too wacky. Um, I think that's probably correct. I don't think we should be saying no excuses anymore, especially when the Hornets have as many guys out and injured as they do. But yeah, as far as as far as looking at what the Hornets need, it, you're starting to see this team once again. Uh, they need Malik back. They need LaMelo back. They need someone to be able to help them in the half court and just be able to play make for others. And even with Terry Rozier having improved his playmaking ability, He's no LaMelo in that regard. He's not Malik in that regard either. And, and so you, you need some of those guys to help free up other guys for shots and better looks um, to help them out in the half court. And we'll see exactly how that looks. And just some house cleaning real quickly. PJ hit his last three in the fourth quarter yesterday did not hit his six three in the second quarter in this game against the New York Knicks. And you're right. Not at a feel maybe a little bit uh, changed expectations just because this one counted for quite a bit. The Hornets had they won would have owned mm-hmm. the tiebreaker, but they lose and therefore they do not get it. So it would have been a big win. Uh, they right. still can get it though. They still can get it. It'll just be late and th- it may not matter at that point. The bigger thing is you're going to have to make up games that I'm not necessarily sure the Knicks are going to give away. They're good. And they've won seven straight and you see Julius Randall, how good he's been. And PJ Washington talked a little bit about it after the game. He was asked about the defensive approach and I, I forget who asked it. So I apologize, but someone asked him about kind of looking like they were scrambling a little bit. And PJ was saying, yeah, you know, we were scrambling because the defensive game plan was to double Julius Randall and then try to get out on shooters as fast as we could afterwards. And that's why we were scrambling. Um, and that that's the kind of attention that Julius Randall has warranted this year as a legitimate all NBA candidate and probably your most improved player of the year. Like it seems like he's somewhat of a lock for that award. Yeah, he is a, 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 absolutely a lock for that award. And it just shows you the the careful attention he's put to his game because last year, when you doubled a guy like Julius Randle, he would cough up the ball and he would turn it over. And generally, that's that's a strategy that would have probably worked even in the first game against the Knicks this year. But the fact that he's gotten better, he's taken time, he's honed his craft, it's another reason why you don't give up on these guys just one, two, maybe even three years in at this point. Because these guys are still learning, they're still growing, they're still evolving. And a lot of the times when they don't grow, more blame can be put on the coach um, and the player. One thing I want to ask you real quickly before we move on to the last segment, it's what do you think about this Vernon Carey starting minimal, minimal minutes and then immediately going to PJ Washington and basically just having him play the rest of the game because we've seen that twice now. And I know Borrego is really weird when it comes to his lineups and he's not 
hesitant at all to go with something that you might think is off of the wall. But what we've seen from Vernon now is he played 35 against Brooklyn when they needed him. He comes in, plays 35 minutes Mm -hmm. and is really good offensively. Then he plays seven minutes total against Portland within a minute's time. PJ Washington Mm -hmm. comes in quote unquote off of the bench. And then we see it again against New York. He comes in only plays three minutes and it's not like he had a bad foul and then is ripped. It's not like he had a bad turnover and then is ripped. He actually provided goose eggs and pretty much everything. (laughs) You know, he's got a lot of goose eggs in his box score. And then here comes in PJ. James Borrego was asked about that. He said, look, I just wanted to go small. I liked the rhythm that we had small. And that's why I put PJ out there again in the third rather than Vernon. But what do you make of Vernon getting crazy small minutes enough to the point where it's like, why are you even putting him out there? At this point, I think it's just to give PJ a chance to warm up and get into the game and see what's going on. Because at this point, your best defensive center this this year is going to be PJ Washington. And I saw Rick tweet something. Um, Rick tweet something out like the best defensive center on this team right now is well, and PJ's PJ best Washington. minutes has come have come th- at center is what I think Borrego is saying too. Yeah, like that's where we're at at this point. Is that. This team's best five include Miles Bridges at the four and P.J. Washington at the five. And I like how – and the other thing is I don't mind Borrego trying to go with with, uh, Vernon Carey at the beginning of these games because he's giving Vernon every single opportunity to stay in this rotation. And Vernon's not taking advantage of it. And if I'm really honest – that 22 is starting to look like a hot night plus the indictment of, oh, my God, the Brooklyn Nets big situation is kind of fragile. Like those, it may be a combination of that. And you know what? Vernon took advantage. Vernon put himself on the map. And it may be just too much too soon for him. But for right now, like I'm I'm not going to question it. But it, it's a bigger question into next this season, no matter what. I understand that people are going to want to resign Malik. I understand that people are going to want to put Devontae resigning at the number one priority. But quite honestly, the number one priority for this team in this offseason is to get a legitimate center and to make sure that P.J. Washington is used sparingly at the center. That's a closing lineup situation, not necessarily a 38 to 40 minutes. All right. Bet online. AG is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Make sure you get it on the action with the NBA while the regular season is still intact. And once you get to the postseason, they even cover awards, TV shows and reality TV. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on we've got one more segment to go on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i do not like the mb2 nickname that Lame- oh it's bad Lamelo. come yeah. on man i mean look I-, I love everything else about you but the mb times two how in the world do you not like airbnb but you like mb times two i yeah. that's that's bad we can't allow him to create and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists you can't give yourself your nickname you can't do that no, exactly so, this is as I'm, bad as kevin durant wanted to call himself the servant it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast all right, Nat, it's been a while since we've kind of dived into this type of topic here on the podcast. After school special. 
after school special. It's time that we do it once again. But first, I do want to talk to everyone real quickly about some other content that we have on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the NFL Ultimate Mock Draft. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 is presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It's happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, and Brian Baldinger. The Baldy Breakdowns are local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team is something you can check out. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. So, not a yesterday. Everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. One thing. Sure. One, one thing before we get into the after school special. Mm-hmm. So, we talk about these local experts picking everything. Do you happen to know who Julian Council picked for number this number eight pick this year? Oh, has the pick already been revealed? Yes, it is. Uh, in the ultimate mock draft, it's on the it's on the locked on NFL pods uh, Twitter account. I didn't. S- I saw the video. Do you want to know? Yeah. Are, are you, you mad at him? Yeah. Let's hear it. No, I'm not saying, again, I'm not mad at him. I found it funny. But that man drafted Trey Lance. Did he really? He went quarterback. Yes, he did. He went quarterback. Hey, man. I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, but but here's the thing. If you are upset at him, I need you to dive bomb that man's mentions (laughs) and make his life a living nightmare. Please make it a living nightmare for him. I should Please. have. I, I, I beg. I should have known this was your angle all along. I thought it was. Yes, it was. It, it's still a very interesting pick that he would go quarterback. I'm still promoting the. I, I'm still a company man, and I'm still promoting engagement. So therefore, I'm still doing this, but I'm just doing it in my own way. Do you know if any of the offensive linemen were available? I know you're a fan of taking Sewell or Slater if they're there. Um, I do not know. I really do not know. But you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just just throw flames at Julian Council and real, just just do it uh, real quickly, though. Like I if just for a second, I'd be totally fine with them taking quarterback. You know, for, for me, I, I hate the idea of I, one. I don't like the trade for Sam Darnold anyway. I just don't. Yes. And yeah. and most people do. He's gotten the most excuses of anybody I've ever seen. That's been three years into the league. And granted, Adam Gase is quite incompetent. There is no justification for saying Adam Gase is good. There, there just is none. And I totally get that. And maybe Sam Darnold does have enough talent that you can mold him into the first round quarterback that he was supposed to be. But it's not a risk I want to take, Nada. Like, I'm not trying to send picks to the Jets in order to get somebody that has not been good in the three years already and Sam Darnold in a clean pocket and when things have actually gone well for him on the field he still is turning the ball over he still is not doing a very good job that's just not a guy that I want to take a risk on it's not crippling but I also don't want to compound that mistake by drafting a quarterback by not drafting a quarterback on top of him, if a fields or maybe a Lance falls to the Carolina Panthers at eight. So I love the move. Like we don't have to compound mistake after mistake by saying, well, we got Sam Darnold. Let's not take this QB. No, if he's awesome, if you think that he's actually got a bright future, then go ahead and select him. Yeah, you know what? That's good. Then you and Julian can sit on the island and fight <laughs> off everybody else. That's right. I'm That's coming okay. to your defense, Julian. I'm 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 there with you. I'm building a moat around your Twitter handle. No one is allowed in. I am there to defend you. All right, let's get into the after school special already. I'm sure that's why everybody is paying attention to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. As we saw yesterday, the verdict was revealed publicly at around five o'clock in the afternoon. Yesterday, it was former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who was found guilty of all three counts of murder against him. Second degree unintentional, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. 
found guilty uh, by a jury that was on Tuesday again for the murder of George Floyd that happened almost a year ago. Last May, as we saw that serve as a catalyst for just another chapter in the fight for racial and social justice in America. And boy, how much did that infiltrate the world of sports? just like Jacob Blake did, just like Dante Wright did just a couple of weeks ago. And we've seen this really affect us here in Charlotte, the whole country. But even in Charlotte, just as we kind of focused locally is what's happened. The Charlotte Hornets not a, were as involved as any sports franchise there is. And Michael yes. Jordan donated $100 million to all sorts of charities over the course of the next decade to benefit black communities in a whole bunch of different regards. And Forbes said it was the biggest donation that was made by a, uh, by any kind of company uh, in the response to George Floyd's death. So Michael Jordan immediately, you know, going to work after that in the streets of Charlotte, when people were protesting Jalen McDaniels, a young gun was joining everyone out there. Terry Rozier, someone that's still somewhat new to the city. I guess you had Nick Batum, who was of course a Hornet at the time. Bismack Biombo was out there as well. Multiple mm -hmm. Hornet staffers were including and in, uh, included on this. And you even had the Charlotte Hornets be, I think the second team behind Atlanta open up spectrum center as a voting site in this last presidential election. And I got to participate at the spectrum center. It was a very, very cool experience. I loved walking up to spectrum center and being able to cast my ballot to at least try to make some kind of change. And so the Charlotte Hornets, man, like that, that was just really cool. We've talked about that a lot, Nada. But Derek Chauvin being found guilty, I was listening to a soundbite for Bamani Jones, I think on Spain and Fitz a couple of weeks ago when Atlanta, uh, mm -hmm. when MLB took the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And he was saying, okay, that's all great. Like these teams that are protesting the games, the MLB taking the All-Star game out of a city because of a different type of rule that they had, a voter suppression rule. But all of these types of sports changes that are protest it's all great the thing that's going to be a big difference the thing that i'm waiting to see is what that verdict looks like for Derek chauvin and the fact that he was found guilty on all three counts it's a huge step clearly we're not done we need to get to the point where black men aren't dying at the hands of police officers unarmed or unnecessarily but it is a big step for a police officer nada to be legally found responsible for that death and that is yep. something that we were all happy to see yesterday yeah, no, it was it it was a change. It was, and maybe yeah, happy is not the right word. At least a sigh of relief to see that it was at least okay. This is something that needed to happen, and it did. And you know, it, it's more than we have gotten in the past. No, absolutely, that is absolutely a way to to look at it. I would tell you that as someone that had to sit here and watch the special coverage because you're producing a show going on during the Chauvin verdict, it's it's a really interesting thing to expect the worst and not be able to look away and not ex and expect this country to disappoint you over and over and over again. And it was funny because like me and you were talking before we got on the show, like September 20th is five years since Keith Lamont Scott. That blew my mind. Walter Scott's decision, like Michael Schlager appealed his 20-year uh, sentence for killing Walter Scott down in Charleston, and that was over. That was upheld. We're having, like, this is a whole bunch of, I'm not going to call it a justice thing. I'm not going to call it accountability. 
it's however you feel about the Chauvin verdict is how you feel, and there's nothing I can do to change that, unfortunately. I just hope that rather than this being an isolated incident that it looks to be, that people take a look at how this all happened. People take a look and take stock of, okay, this, this, we hope this isn't an isolated incident. And I, like, one thing that, quite honestly, I was thinking about is that at this point, with the, um, with the way that everything went down with Chauvin, like, it's hard to ignore that. If things did not, if people weren't vocally protesting, if things, if there weren't riots and everything else like that, is this verdict different? Do we have the justice that we have right now? And it just, it makes me think about a whole, like, it makes me rethink social activism as a whole altogether and what's going to be The effectiveness of it? Is that what you're saying? Not the effectiveness, but what's going to be necessary in order to get justice. And I don't know what that answer is. I know that the extremes that we saw in Minnesota are not the answer. But at the same time, it's not necessarily that you need to scare, but you need to concern. And I'm beginning to wonder how you continue to make people concerned enough and keep it on the top of mind. Because George Floyd's name did not it did not leave top of mind for a year. And that took a pandemic. What's going to happen with the next body? What's going to happen to the next black body that that happens with? Are we going to have that kind of... Are, are we necessarily going to be able to keep that top of mind? Or were people going to forget and think that the job's done and we're going to move on? So... Go ahead, Nada. Yeah. Not like that's my biggest question right now. Yeah, and and can I can I send a message to white people out there, Nada? Is it okay if I take Please that do. time? Please do. Please um, do. Can can white people stop Lord Farquading the death of George Floyd, please? <laughs> because not not even just white people, like white people that have political power and are held in high positions. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, excuse me. Like so, when you see all of these people just putting out the most ridiculous quotes, deeming this some worthy sacrifice by George Floyd because Derek Chauvin was found guilty. What are we doing? Like, why do white people? I'm not going to ask why, because I know you know why. Yeah, you know why. why. Don't even do it. I'm not going to ask why, but white people, I am telling you, Stop Lord Farquading this. Stop deeming this a sacrifice that you're willing to make. That is not your call. You are not allowed yeah. to hold that power. You don't have power in that. It is not your quote unquote privilege. If you want to call it a privilege to be able to decide if this is a sacrifice to make or not, that's not yours. Even if you thought it was like, you don't get to say, Hey, George Floyd, he died. That sucks. But at least if it was the common good for black people, like you don't get to do that. Like what? No, no. It, it just is amazing that that thought Nada has come up more than once with a lot of different <laughs> white people out there, and they felt so compelled within that thought that they had to then send it to the public and view it as, "Look at me, I'm saying the right things." Everyone, look at me with this halo around my head. I have deemed it worthy for George Floyd to sacrifice his life so that black people can hopefully walk the streets of America and not get killed by a, a police officer. Like what? Why are you saying yeah, I, white yeah. people stop it, please? Just stop it. Yeah, yes, yes. Now, now, Walker, I, because we're going to end this and we're going to end it sticking to sports. <laughs> Who had the worst statement last, yesterday? Oh, was it Nancy God. Pelosi oh. or was it Mark Davis? Oh, God. I think, I, you know, 
It's a great question because the the thing that the thing that strikes me most interesting and just crazy altogether with Mark Davis is the fact that he's so adamant and crossing his hands and throwing a tantrum. No, I'm not deleting the tweet. That tweet is staying up there. You know, mm. <laughs> I mean, how, exactly. How but that's exactly like yep, what kind exactly of ego? What kind of ego do you have to have to hear all of the backlash and say, "Nope, everyone else is wrong." I'm going to leave it up here on Twitter. It's like, you know, he had this idea that he thought it was this really profound, powerful moment. Mark Davis is on the right side of all of this. And then when he got met with immediate plentiful backlash, the quote (laughs) tweets, the retweets, the likes within 45 minutes, it was to the tens of thousands and him just saying, bleep you to everyone. I'm right about this. I think that's the thing that strikes me most about the Raiders tweet. Yeah, that's that's what makes it so funny, and that's what makes it worse. And it's you know what? At this point, I do not care if you're a sports team. Do not co- comment. Like if you co- comment, cool. But you know what? At this point, if you're gonna do it, do it right. If not, just be silent, and then we can just you know have no idea that, or, or you're basically we can assume that you're scared. I'd rather scared teams than teams that do that. <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. I'm glad we could end on that note. Thanks again <laughs> to Michelob Ultra for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Go check out the Locked On NFL Draft. And if you want to go carry out the demands of one nada, go into the mentions of Julian Council and tell him that he made the wrong decision. Even though I'm going to defend you, Julian, I think it was the right choice. But again, go check out that locked on uh, NFL mock draft. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with you the next couple of days. Two more shows to go this week, and we'll be here to preview the Chicago Bulls game tomorrow.